Our second reading this morning comes from the letter to the Ephesians. Our pew Bibles are the NIV, the New International Version translation. I'm going to be reading today from a slightly different translation, the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. And the reason for that is there's one particular line that we'll get to towards the end of our reading this morning that I find particularly helpful in the NRSV translation. So, friends, let us continue listening now for a word from God, hearing these words from the letter to the Ephesians in the fourth chapter, beginning with the 25th verse. The author of the letter writes, So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with which you were marked with the seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, and this is the line I particularly appreciate the NRSV's rendering of. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Friends, this too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today's sermon is titled, Imitating the Divine. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, through the work of your Spirit, we pray earnestly this day that we might find something worth imitating. That through the work of your spirit, this old letter written to people in a very different world than ours might speak directly to the heart of our living for these days. Indeed, O God, we pray that your spirit might use the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts to glorify you. For you and you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we sometimes begin our staff meetings here at the church each Tuesday by reading the scripture that has been appointed for the week to come. This past Tuesday, the staff member who was reading these verses didn't mean to, and I'm not going to say their name, but they got to that line I pointed out in our reading, and something in their subconscious made them read it differently 
They didn't even realize they had done it. They just kept going. They read that line, therefore be imitators of God. They read it as therefore be intimidators of God. (laughs) We laughed in our staff meeting as well, but the more I thought about that, the more I found myself thinking, you know, they might have been on to something. These verses and the call that is laid out in them are pretty intimidating. I mean, unless you have some superpower that I have yet to acquire myself, it's not exactly easy to just put away all falsehood, as the writer of this letter calls us to do. Or to let all our words give grace to those who hear them. I mean, maybe you've had a day lately, but I have not, where you successfully set aside bitterness and anger and slander and malice. You see, I read these verses, and the first question that comes to my mind is, is this even really possible? I mean, is the community being laid out here in this letter even realistically possible to attain? I've confessed before from the pulpit that from time to time I make the mistake of turning over to the letters to the editor page in the Brunswick News. You all ever do this? I've read some of your letters before, in fact. And it's not always what is said in those letters. We all read things all the time, some of which we agree with, some of which we don't. The problem I so often find on that page of our newspaper is the how. The how words are used in some of those letters. I mean, you read some of these letters, and the words in them are just dripping with such malice and anger. And I would venture to say even wrath. One neighbor in our community directed at another. And that's just the local newspaper, folks. I mean, have you read the comment section of some of our national publications? Or seen threads on Facebook slowly devolve into something that you're not sure you can even look at? Have you read Yelp reviews lately? There's some pretty harsh ones out there. This, of course, is not a new thing either, though, right? I think the fact that the author of this letter feels the need to write these words indicates that the town gate of Ephesus and the dusty patches out back of its early churches were also places where disagreements similar to those we encounter today were festering where gossip was being spread as they too, like us, tried to figure out how to knit their lives together into one community, into one church. And it's into that eternally intimidating messiness of life that the call comes to them and the call comes to us today to be people who imitate God. I've been sort of swimming in that phrase this week, trying to figure out what does it even look like to imitate God? And I've ultimately settled on two words that I think at least get us close to what it looks like to imitate God. 
Two words that if we can do them, I think we're in the ballpark. And the two words are these. Be kind. If you want to imitate God, be kind. Put away all those other things the writer writes this morning and be kind to one another. Huh. Now I think it's important to point out that kindness in the biblical sense may not be exactly what you think of when you think of kindness in our lives. We often think of kindness as being a friendly word spoken one to another. Kindness as being taking a meal and leaving it on the doorstep of someone who is hungry or sick or grieving. Kindness as being that $5 bill that we sometimes drop into the beggar's Bucket. Those are all good things, don't get me wrong, but they're not quite what the Bible is talking about when the Bible talks kindness. And the biblical witness, that word kindness, really is something much bigger. It's really an entirely different way of viewing and living in the world. It's a changed worldview, if you will. There's a story that I once heard of an old minister in a tradition similar to ours. Annie had this exact experience a little over a month ago. In some traditions, any man or woman who seeks to be ordained as a minister of word and sacrament has to walk into a room full of veteran ministers and lay people and answer questions about their theology. Really, as many questions as the room wants to ask they have to answer. This old minister was a part of a tradition like that, and he had this tradition for 35 years of any person who walked into that room seeking to be a pastor. He would ask them the same exact question. What he would do is he would ask the person first to get up from wherever they're sitting and go over to the nearest window and to look out. And once they had done so, he'd tell them, please let me know when you see a person outside that window. After a few moments, the candidate would say, all right, I see someone. And the old minister would ask, do you know that person? No, I don't know that person. Good, good, he would say. My question is this. Will you please describe to me the person who you see outside that window theologically? Tell me in theological terms who it is you are looking at out that window. In all his decades of asking this question, he found that the answers tended to fall into one of two categories. The candidate for ministry would either look out that window and say, I see a person who is a sinner in need of the saving power of God in Jesus Christ. Or they would look out the window And they would say, you know, whether that person knows it or not, they are a child of God. They are a person who is embraced by the love of God, surrounded fully by the grace of God. The old minister once commented that he supposed both answers, technically speaking, were correct but that it has been his experience across those 35 years that those who gave the second answer, 
who described that person as being a child of God, whether they knew it or not, that those were the people who tended to make better ministers. Because they were people who saw others not just as they are in the present, but as they will be in the future with God. To imitate God is to be kind. And to be kind is to see all God's children not just as they are today, but as they one day will be. Tom Long, that great Methodist preacher and teacher, has defined kindness this way. To be kind, according to Tom Long, is to refuse to see people only in the present tense, but to see them in light of what God is doing to recreate their lives. To be kind is to insist, to insist on seeing and treating Seeing and treating people in light of who they will become in God's future. Hmm. What would the world be like if people were kind like that? Interestingly, I actually had a firsthand encounter this week with that kind of kindness, that kind of divine imitation. There was a small group, Ann Stimbler, myself, Annie, and others from several different congregations in our community. We took a field trip to Charlotte, North Carolina on Thursday. We went there for a specific purpose. We wanted to learn about a project that was started back in 2012. Many of our youth and young adults probably in worship with us today who grew up in this church participating in the cross-mission program in Charlotte may know about this place. It's a facility called the Moore Place. It's an apartment building, you can imagine, that looks just like any of the gleaming new apartment buildings you see popping up in Atlanta or Jacksonville or Charlotte or Nashville. But this apartment building, this beautiful building, was built for the specific purpose of housing chronically homeless men and women. 120 people live at Moore Place. 200 others are part of the larger program and live in scattered apartments throughout the city. All of them have access to nurses and social workers, to mental health resources, to social programming. And it's amazing what Moore Place has done, not just for those who have walked through its doors, but also for the neighborhood around it. The neighborhood itself has been lifted up by this gleaming new building in its midst. Early on, they commissioned a study through the University of North Carolina to look at the costs of chronic homelessness. These researchers went out and they calculated that for each chronically homeless adult in the city of Charlotte, it cost that community about $37,500 a year. That's in services at the ER. That's in services rendered for mental health and addiction treatment and jail stays for misdemeanor crimes and ambulance rides, $37,500 Then they calculated what it cost for each of those chronically homeless people once they had an actual home. It cost them $10,500 a person to house them versus to leave them on the streets. 
We took this field trip because there is a growing interest in our community beyond just our church to see a facility like that come to Glen County and to see how it might change lives here just as it's changed lives in Charlotte. The person we went to visit with was a man named Dale Molinex, an incredible person. 25 years he's been the executive director of the Umbrella Organization for More Place. He's a retired or soon-to-be-retired Baptist minister. And the one thing he really wanted to impress upon our group of dreamers, of wonderers, if this work could be done here in our community... The number one thing he wanted to impress upon us was just how hard, how intimidating, if you will, that work really is. He explained to us how those who work with the chronically homeless, be they staff or volunteers, are regularly taken to places of human suffering that few ever venture to. Stories of abuse and addiction, of trauma that many of us can scant imagine. But for 25 years, Dale's been showing up. He joked with us that early on in this work, it was so hard in those early days that for a few of his key staff, he had T-shirts made for them. And the T-shirts, all they said was, this stuff is hard. Except stuff was a different word beginning with S. (laughs) And they wore those around. Because it was hard, but for 25 years, he's been showing up to urban ministry and to the Moore place. And as you talk to him around a table, you just get this sense he's one of these people who just exudes joy. Do you know people like that? Just has this sort of lightness about him. And someone in our group at one point asked him, Dale, how do you do this work and still have such joy, have such lightness? And he looked at us and he said, it's because I have seen and I get to see every single day how fulfilling the basic human right of a home can transform a life. He told us about a man that he had known because this man lived under a bridge Every night he drank himself into a stupor, but it's not for the reasons you might think. This man, every single night, was so cold and wet, he literally had critters biting him through the night, that the only way he could get to sleep was to drink and drink and drink. Dale told us how this man was one of the first residents of the Moore Place. And how through that home, his life has been transformed. It wasn't easy, but it's been transformed to a place where he now has connections with a family who had left him for not long ago. He successfully completed rehabilitation. He's taking college courses all because he has a home. You see, Dale Molinex... He refuses to see people in the present. He sees people the way God sees them, the way God sees all of us as beloved children who no matter where we are or what's going on, God is still working with. Dale Molinex is kind. Dale Molinex is an imitator of the divine. 
Put away falsehood. Do not sin. Share with the needy. Forgive one another. Be kind. Be imitators of God. These verses are enough to make me want to get one of those t-shirts Dale handed out long ago. I wish I had one on now that just says, you know what? This stuff is hard. Because it is. But friends, it is also so good. So very, very good. Be kind to one another, to yourself. Imitate God. Know that goodness this day and always. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.